So here's a older man. Here's an old adult man who's like, I trust this child with my life. <laughs> Someone's about to murder me and I need this kid to stop it. <laughs> I hate the best detective in the world. <laughs> a child. <laughs> Beware and warning, and welcome everybody to Choose Your Own Book Club. This is a podcast all about the Choose Your Own Adventure books and all the adventures that we get into along the way. <laughs> all the adventures we have while we read the Choose Your Own Adventure books. What adventures have you been up to, Abby? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's. Nothing. How about you? <laughs> um, also, nothing. I started a new library job, but. Woo-hoo! That's about it. Congratulations. Thank you. That's exciting. Yeah. Um, so, my name is Peter. I'm a librarian. My name's Abby. I'm also a librarian. And today we are talking about who killed Harlow Thromby? Was it you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean... It could have been. It, yeah. What I think what killed him was his boredom. <laughs> and just not really having a, a cohesive plot. It was one person every single time. Time. Yeah. It was never. There was never more than one choice. Well, we'll we'll get into it. But yeah. so this is the ninth book. Uh, it's written by <laughs> Edward Packard. A little bit of trivia about mm. this one, obviously, is that Ryan Johnson uh, is a big fan of this books. Um, based the victim of Knives Out mm-hmm. on this character, so the character has a very similar name in Knives Out. So in Knives Out, the Christopher Plummer character is called Harlan Thromby. And uh, this character in Choose Your Adventure is called Harlow Thromby. So there's a clear connection. Um, Ryan Johnson has said as much that he really likes the books. Um, so it's a pretty obvious comparison. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's get into this book. I texted you yesterday that this is basically, in my opinion... The best book we've done so far, and somehow the worst book we've done so far. Yeah, it's it's fun, but it also um, it's it's fun to solve as a mystery, but it is not very fun to do as a as a choose your own adventure book. At least the way that I like choose right. your own adventure books. So there aren't that many choices, unfortunately, for a, for a choose your own adventure book. No, there's not a lot of options. It's always funneling you to the one mm-hmm. path. It's very railroady, and yeah. uh, I don't. This might have the, the least amount of endings, I think. Yeah. Um, it really does, because really it's like, well, there are like a couple, you know, like, oh, you know, you, there is one really solution to the mystery. Um, and there are a couple of different ways to get to that solution. Uh, but it's the same solution no matter what. I tried looking up how many endings there were. And usually right on the cover, they say how many endings there are, mm-hmm. but... They didn't even want to say <laughs> no. how many, because I think there's so few. Yeah. Uh, let's get into uh, Choose Your Own Summary. So, Abby, I'm going to need you Oof. to summarize this book. Okay. But, no, you're talking to the microphone, you're not talking to my dog. Okay, sorry. Although he does have a big cone on, so he looks Whoa. like he looks like the RCA dog. <laughs> <laughs> That's like looking into the big phonograph. Uh-huh. 
Except he is the big, big phonograph. Yawn, big yawn, tired boy. No, he's just stressed. Oh, same. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> um, Choose your own summary. I'm ready. You are going to summarize this book okay. the best you can in 60 seconds or less, but you get to choose how you want to summarize it. Okay. Art, is that okay? Or because you, you sound a little... No, I'm just distracted by a puppy. Oh. Nope, I'm ready. Okay. Um, so, option one is you are going to uh, summarize this book, but in a Ryan Johnson accent mm-hmm. without looking up where he's from or what he sounds like. Okay. I'm just going to guess where he's from. New Zealand. <laughs> Knives out, mate. I think that's Australia. That's offensive to New Zealand people. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> to all of our Australian people, which is like 90% of our audience. I do apologize. Um, we're a big head in Australia. Nowhere else, just in Australia. Um, or option two is there's a whole bunch of characters on the cover. And uh, I'm going to point to them randomly and you're going to do their voice as best you can. Are you going to point to the... Um, well, how about you describe the cover the really quick? fingerprint ink as well? Yeah. <laughs> so okay i'm going to describe the the characters on the cover mm-hmm. so first i will start with you you're a child ish and you are a young gentleman and you have like very much ken doll hair <laughs> but it's jet black mm-hmm. and uh your eyebrows look like commas then there's um what's her name jenny mungo or something jenny mudge there's jenny mudge Splash of freckles. She has uh, humongous blonde curls and a very long neck. Giraffe-esque. She she is a very beautiful giraffe. (laughs) And um, she looks very intelligent and she has the most curls Mm -hmm. ever. Like Shirley Temple, if Shirley Temple um, was drawn by an insane (laughs) five-year-old. Okay. But it's also not like the most flattering oh, picture no. of her. If like I took that picture of her, she'd be like, take it again. Because like yeah. that's not... <laughs> No. This is like if she went to a sleepover and stayed up really long and <laughs> funny and then put on a red uh, headband. Mm-hmm. And then there's Harlow Thromby. Who these... is a purple <laughs> dead mm-hmm. corpse on the ground. Yeah, Grimace is his father. Yeah. Um he looks like he's doing a really awkward dance of death, okay, <laughs> on the ground. There's uh, Professor Proofrock, uh, Professor Proofrock, <laughs> Detective Proofrock yes. up in the corner, mm-hmm. uh, just absolutely chugging away at this humongo pipe. Um, it's like a Gandalf pipe. It is absolutely a Gandalf mm-hmm. pipe. It is super long. He was, he's wearing two ties. He has two ties on. <laughs> his shirt is mostly unbuttoned mm-hmm. over his um, rather rotund mm-hmm. tum-tum. And his suspenders are doing a lot of work. Yeah. And he's are. also wearing a belt with his suspenders, his which suspenders I always love. His suspenders are working OT um, holding those pants up. <laughs> he has on a blue bowler cap. He has a gigantic... I can't tell if that's his nose or a mustache. Maybe a little bit of both. Yep, his nose is his mustache, um, and his nothing on him matches. But mm-hmm. he is a great detective. Well, that that's debatable. Allegedly. But in the middle, there's a whole bunch of just uh, different objects, clues that you yeah. maybe run across. There's a recorder. There's some brandy. There's a 
little spyglass thing, mm-hmm. fingerprint ink. Mm-hmm. And then at the bottom, there is a rough customer. As keen. we like to say, keen, with a, I don't know, would you say seafoam green face? Uh, yes. Purple-ish tie. Is the tie is attached to nothing. The tie has <laughs> no neck, like literally. <laughs> He's floating mm-hmm. at the bottom here. He is like the Wizard of Oz's head. Yes. It's like, oh, who dares disturb my slumber? What does he say when they go in there? The Wizard of Oz? Who dares disturb my slumber? Yeah. Is that what he said? <laughs> he's just trying to take a nap. I don't know. <laughs> he's, he's sleeping. But he has, you know, like um, receding hairline, uh, big bulging eyes, caterpillar um, eyebrows, humongo nose. Mm. It is sticking mm. out. Like, so it's very, car- his, his whole caricature is very cartoonish. Yeah, like face... Uh, not even a mother would love. (laughs) So you're going to describe the book with those characters in mind. Mm -hmm. So I'll give you six seconds and start. Okay. I heard um, you're a kid and your aunt like had a mystery at her house and you (laughs) solved it by finding a beer bottle and a thing and now you're a great detective. So this guy who's rich calls you and says, my wife has... (laughs) maybe gonna kill me and so i need you to come and solve it because you're a child but now there's all these people who are coming to the house and they're all maybe suspects all of a sudden we all have dinner and then then we all have dinner and drink some brandy except for me because i'm a kid and then all of a sudden we're like hanging out or whatever and the rich guy dies and then i've got to investigate and like and keep yeah, I'm gonna... Oh, no. <laughs> I can't remember what he talked about. I am a life of crime. Um, gotta investigate and figure out who killed... Ten seconds. Arlo. Because he's dead. <laughs> dead. <laughs> investigate. And, okay, that was a minute. He's dead. I can't destroy <laughs> him. That was maybe the worst <laughs> summary oh. you've ever done. I am... The end. <laughs> the end. Well, sorry. That was that was interesting. <laughs> I don't know if you described it the best, but that There's was interesting. So much setup before you even get into That's, the choosing. Well, you basically hit the nail on the head. Yes. It's all setup and very little payoff. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's just get. I think this is. The best setup, though, that we've we've oh, ever had. Sure. So let's just get into usually, it. Usually, yes. There's like a one-page setup. Right. It's usually like yeah, literally a page, and then no setup at all, and then you're just off to crazy adventures. Right. Which is nice when you are then going back and being like, okay, I'm going to reread this and try to find a different path. Whereas with this one, it's like, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. okay. So so here's how this one starts. So it's been a year since the robber climbed in your aunt. Marinda's... Which is not a name. Okay. <laughs> Marinda is not a name, you're right. Marinda. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I said that right. Because I was thinking like Melinda. Like that's maybe a name, but Marinda, I don't think that's a name, Melinda you're right. Marinda is a name. Marinda? So Anne Marinda. Uh, so Robert climbed <laughs> into your Aunt Marinda's bedroom at two o'clock in the morning. Get out! She screamed at him. And that's just what he did. Taking her pearl necklace with him. This is my favorite part when you're like, okay, there's a beer bottle in well, her. Yeah, let, let me bushes. get that. So the next day you found a beer bottle in the bushes outside Aunt Marinda's house. And you're like, she doesn't do that. She doesn't just 
drink from her bedroom and <laughs> chuck bottles out. That's not Aunt Miranda's style. So then you hand it over to the police. <laughs> and and uh, so then the robber's fingerprints were on the bottle. The police quickly identified him. And now he's safely behind bars. So... <laughs> First of all... So good job, police, on conducting a thorough investigation <laughs> of the property. <laughs> because that's just so, like, very basic. It's not like it was hidden well. No, it's, it's just like in a bush. Sitting there, I'm imagining, like, you know, some, like, evergreen bushes with mm-hmm. a bottle just sticking out of <laughs> the top for everyone in the world to see. Or it's, like, one of those, like, um, trees, like... That are made out of like metal and like you hang wi- uh, wine bottles on them. <laughs> it's one of those trees. No. So anyway, there's that. Like it's it's not going to be well hidden. No. But second of all, that's pretty circumstantial. Like that doesn't really prove anything. Right. Like where does she live? Is she like on a main drive? Right. Through like mm-hmm. dragway and there's like bottles everywhere. But no, then maybe this totally innocent person right. is behind mm-hmm. bars, and then it's like. Oh, you now have quite a reputation mm-hmm. as a detective. Mm-hmm. So you've gotten a, you know, magnifying glass and fingerprint <laughs> kit and cassette recorder. And you're ready for business. But also, who is this robber? Like, why does robber like need to like drink a whole beer <laughs> for courage at two in the morning? <laughs> for courage, I suppose. I really need a pearl necklace, so I'm gonna chug this bottle of mm-hmm. beer, jump in this old lady's window. <laughs> And then when she sees me, I'm going to just grab it and jump back out. (laughs) This this carefully planned heist. Oh, my God. Uh, Yeah. So so you were saying, since then, you've gotten quite a reputation as a detective. You solved one case with the easiest clue possible. And now you have a reputation. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you've equipped yourself with a magnifying glass, fingerprint kit, and a cassette recorder. And you're ready for business. Mm-hmm. And then this, I, I love... imagine you two like hanging up a sign outside <laughs> your family home, like mm, detective <laughs> as magnifying glass, fingerprint, like with bullet points. <laughs> we'll solve your case. Mm-hmm. But then it's like operating hours, like from three to five, because I'm, I'm in school the rest of the day. Right. And then in the picture, like your your fingerprint kit is like carefully hung up with your magnifying glass mm-hmm. so you have a whole shelf designated for your your sleuthing supplies and i'm wondering where this is like is this in your mom's kitchen <laughs> <laughs> well it's right next to the phone it's like a nice rotary phone so it's probably like in the living room somewhere yeah. You're like mom can i have a shelf for my detective work <laughs> you don't understand mom mom please mom i have quite the reputation <laughs> Oh. It's right next to like a big taxidermy deer. <laughs> and like And a big bass hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> so I love this next paragraph because it's very judgy. Oh so God. some of your friends have decided to become detectives too. So they're like mm. you know, they're, they're your friends that uh, they, they want to share our they're common like, interests with find you. Find a bottle in the bush. <laughs> I could do that too. So yeah, some of your friends are detectives too now. That's okay. They're just a bunch of amateurs. <laughs> so how judge you solve one case? And so now you're... But your friends who have solved no cases are the ones who are amateurs. Take that, Encyclopedia Brown. (laughs) Go find some lunch money that got stolen. Uh, So you said, that's okay. There's just a 
They're just a bunch of amateurs, except maybe that frizzy-haired girl down the street, Jenny Mudge. Mm-hmm. So again, Jenny Mudge is the girl that you were describing. She has yep. the big frilly hair. With her really great curly hair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and a very unflattering uh, picture on the front. Right. They did not... Uh... Paul Granger mm-hmm. did not. Mm-hmm. He did her dirty. Mm-hmm. And she's the only character with a net, uh, with a neck, so it, it yeah. kind of stands out. It's true. odd. Um, so yeah, Jenny Mudge is really your only competition. She's definitely smart. In fact, sometimes you think she might be smarter than you are. Mm-hmm. Which is that a bad thing? Well, she is a girl. Yeah. yeah. So ugh. <laughs> can't have that. Ugh. So, and now it looks like that you've got your first big case. Harlem? Bigger than the beer bottle? <laughs> the mystery of the beer bottle. Window? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so now it looks like you got your first big case. Harlow Thromby, he's the president of Thromby Plastics Company, has just called and asked you to come to his house at five o'clock in the afternoon. And he says, I hear you have sharp eyes from this one instance. He's like, I hear you saw a beer bottle mm-hmm. in a bush. <laughs> Get over here with them sharp eyes, kid. And that's what I need right now. I need your sharp eyes because I think my life is in danger. Mm. So here's an older man. Here's an old adult man who's like, I trust this child with my life. <laughs> Someone's about to murder me and I need this kid to stop it. <laughs> I need the best detective in the world. <laughs> A child. <laughs> He's good at locating beer bottles. I'm sure other things. Yes, I saw that he has on his sign outside. He has <laughs> fingerprint stuff. Uh, 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 a magnifying glass. I saw. What else do you need? I saw That's a all you need. of that. I think he had a cassette recorder. I saw. <laughs> so he's in, he's ready for business. So. So yeah. Uh, so Thrombi calls you, and then you can choose to uh, accept his invitation. Uh, to go to his house where he he's having some dinner guests, mm-hmm. or you can choose to go later. And so, Ooh, which one did you choose? I chose to go later because I was just, oh I'm God. a kid. I'm a kid. Like I, I'm sure I like I have school later. At I have 5 to p.m. You have school. <laughs> it's a school night, maybe. Um. So yeah, I chose to go later. It, it sounds like you chose to I go right went away. Right away. Well, really, it it doesn't matter either way. Yeah. Because he. He dies regardless of whether you're there or not. And so there's a bunch of different characters there. So there's Jane Thromby. That's the wife. And that's who the police suspect right away. Mm-hmm. There's Chartwell, which I don't think is a real name. Nope. So Chartwell's the nephew. And he's a little kind of uh, dweeby, cowardly, not... Probably good at mapping. Because of his chart Chartwell. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's good at charting things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there's Angela, the niece... And then there's the boyfriend, Dr. Robert Lipscomb. Mm-hmm. There's also Helga the cook and there's Jenkins the gardener, but they don't really factor in at all. No. They're just there to basically verify clues and that's about it. So really, the only suspects are Jane, the wife, Chartwell, the nephew, Angela, the niece, and the boyfriend, Dr. Robert Lipscomb. Um, and Jane, the wife, is basically suspected right away. And then she is basically off the suspect list right away, too. So it's really only down to three people. And I don't know if we want to spoil it right away, but basically all three of them had some sort of hand in it. And so it's really not that much of a story or a mystery story, at least. Well, it's really interesting because my path that I took Mm -hmm. um, was 
you know, I went obviously to the dinner. And so I was there when the murder happened, which was really exciting. You know, you get there and you can decide right away you meet with Brownie. And he's like, I think my wife is going to try to kill me. So mm-hmm. he tells you that right away. Mm-hmm. So you can go and play pool with Robert and Thrombi, or you can look around. So I was like, I'm going to look around. Mm-hmm. You bump in to Helga and Jenny Mudge in the kitchen. That's right. Yes. And so, <laughs> yeah. at least Thrombi is kind of hedging his bets a little bit. And he's like, hey, this kid detective, maybe he's unproven. I'm going to get two kid detectives. Yeah. <laughs> so um, there's two kid detectives in mm-hmm. the place there. Double my chances of surviving this night. Exactly. So you bump into them, then you go back out there, and then everyone is there. Like Chartwell's there, Jane comes home, and then you can decide to stay for dinner, and Angela then gets there as well. Mm -hmm. So you stay for dinner, um, and then everyone has brandy, except for you. You're a child. You can't have brandy. And then after dinner, you can decide to go play pool with the fellas, or you can listen to Jane play piano. So did you listen to Jane play piano? I did. Because that factors into some of the clues later. I did listen to Jane play piano because uh, my original thing that Thrombi hired me for was mm-hmm. to watch Jane because that's what he thinks is going to happen. She's yes. going to mm-hmm. kill him. So I was like, okay, I'll go listen to Jane play piano while the guys are playing pool. Which, before we get into that, it's never really established why Thrombi thinks that his wife is going to kill him. Well... She told him that. He stops in his tracks and turns towards you. The truth is, I think she would rather have me dead. And then you say, what makes you think that? And he says, she told me. <laughs> okay, I, I, I didn't do this part, so. And then you're like, maybe she just lost her temper. And he's like, mm, I'd like to think so, but maybe you'll be able to judge that when you meet her. But I'm a child, so I don't know. So anyway, I'm like, okay. I'm going to sit and listen to Jane play piano with Angela. Angela's in there with her and she's like, oh, Angela, I heard you're taking piano lessons. And Angela's like, yeah, auntie, someone's paying, I'm playing piano lessons or whatever, but I'm not as good as you, so I'm not going to play duet with you. And she's like, oh, okay, I'll sit here and play piano for everyone mm-hmm. for half an hour. And then she plays Beethoven's Midnight Sonata, right? Mm-hmm. Which is actually really good for a duet, I would think. <laughs> Especially we find out later that Angela is just learning how to play. Yeah. And so, oh, but I guess she has ulterior motives. But She sure does. So then, like, while that's happening, you're like, okay, I'm going to get up because I'm bored just sitting here watching somebody play piano. And then as that happens, you go out into the room to see the guys playing pool and stuff. And Harlow's not there. You hear a scream. You go over there. He's dying. So you go over. You're like leaning over the guy. And he is like, it was, and then he dies. No, do more dying noises. (laughs) So he dies before getting to tell you Mm -hmm. who killed him. Mm -hmm. So you have no idea. You just have yourself and the witnesses, the people who were there when he died. So... I went after the fact, which is interesting because basically the same thing happened. So yeah, both Chartwell and uh, uh, the doctor, Liscombe, they're 
playing billiards by themselves. So they're kind of each other's alibi. So they couldn't have done it. And then Jane, the wife, and Angela, the niece, they're in the, the parlor playing piano. And then they're kind of pointing at each other and saying, this person left the room uh, for a half hour and probably poisoned the drink. Mm-hmm. Which I, th- I feel would be like a good detective or a good police officer would be like able to like suss out that like, well, one of these people is clearly lying. Like, right. Well, that's why when I, I interview mm-hmm. people, I can decide to interview them all together mm-hmm. or I can yoink, 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 pick them apart and interview mm-hmm. them while we're waiting for the police to come. So, you know, let's, that's basically the setup. Right. Um, we can try to talk about the format a little bit because you're able to interview yeah. everybody at least like three different times. Yeah. And so the book, you know, it's only, let's see, 122 pages. And, you know, there's four or five different characters. If you're able to interview them each, you know, a page each three different times, that's going to take up a lot of space. So that means there's not a whole lot of um, endings. There's not a whole lot of choices. Mm -hmm. So I like that Packard was trying to play with the formula because I think, you know, with a good, a good author could potentially make a good choose you an adventure mystery. But I don't know if Packard really knew how to do it. It was funny because I really do feel like it was very knives outy because it was like, okay, at first I interviewed Chertwell and he was like, oh yeah, no, I was totally in the room playing pool the whole time and I would never murder anyone. I was in the game room. Robert and I were waiting for him. We were in the same room the whole time. Um, Harlow left and got a drink by himself, basically. Then... Like the stupid police guy comes and he's like, oh, the kid detective is here. Why don't you go home and go to bed? So I don't go home. I go to the greenhouse. <laughs> when I get there, I find that there's a spot where the uh, the missing arsenic was. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then, so yeah, someone in the afternoon broke into yes. the greenhouse uh, and got the arsenic. It couldn't have been Angela, we find out, because Angela had a doctor's appointment that afternoon. She had a dentist appointment. Dentist, thank you. And it wasn't Jane, because Jane had a key. And you find outside... <laughs> but also, again, that's circumstantial. Like, Well, she... Yes. Because she totally like a, still could have gone into that door. Like someone had used shears to, mm-hmm. like... Gardening shears. Garden shears to, like, open it up. So it wouldn't have been the gardener either, because he would have had a key, number one. And number two... He doesn't want to mess up his shears. He's in the hospital. So, oh, yeah, he's, he's in the hospital for an unrelated thing. He's in the thing. hospital. So you're like, okay, uh, you can leave after mm-hmm. you find that the arsonist, arsenic is missing. The arsonist. Guess what? <laughs> I'm the bottle boy. I can go check the pantry and look for this missing bottle, mm-hmm. which is what I do. So I go check the pantry, and guess what? I find the bottle. Guess where? In a bush outside. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I take it to the hospital. Jenkins is like, yeah, that's the arsenic bottle. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yes. Mm-hmm. So then. And then, so then you can get it fingerprinted. Yes. But then, so it mostly has Jenkins <laughs> fingerprints on it. Mm-hmm. Um, which makes sense because he's the gardener or whatever. Right. And then, you, but you find someone else is on it too. I believe it's the doctors, right? The doctor. Dr. Robert Lipscomb. <sighs> Which... Because he stole it. Because he didn't have it. But how did you get his fingerprints? I don't know. But... Because um, you, you can't just fingerprint 
anybody. Hold on, I have the craziest thing because I ended up getting kidnapped. I <laughs> like I, I took a crazy mm-hmm. path, and I ended up having all this weird stuff happen. At one, and I kept having the option to call Jenny Mudge and mm-hmm. like team up with her, and I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> this I is solo. This is a solo job. But at one point, like someone hits me over the, bashes me over the mm-hmm. head, and all this like. And then they're like, I'm going to murder you next time. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm not going to let you murder me. But well, I think wild. <laughs> part of the reasons that they, they went so crazy is because the branches are just so long. Yeah. Because there's so few endings. Like you kind of just get spit out into other branches. Yep. You just keep spiraling uh-huh. back into the story. Until like you stumble upon an ending and there's only a handful of them. Yeah. So and you are all the same, right? So same you basically de facto solution. will solve the solve the mystery. Yeah, but it's like there's so many different like paths to solving it, mm-hmm. and they're like different levels of wild. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, basically, I find out that Angela and Robert teamed up to poison him together, and I find this because... right. So Robert ended up stealing the arsenic. Yes. And Lisa uh, gives not, it to Angela. Yeah, and, yeah, and then Angela ended up giving it to yeah. Harlow in the the brandy drink. Yes, and I found that out kind of in a weird way because, like, after the arsenic was confirmed by to be arsenic by Jenkins, then I went back to the house and I found Jane and Jillian Prem, the lawyer, mm-hmm. and I was like, I remember that name. And then I looked back at the old copy of. What was that other book? The Chimney Rock one. Uh-huh. And he was also the lawyer. Oh, really? There. Oh, that's like, cool. Is this all happening in the same universe? Well, it's the mystery of Chimney Rock is a much better mystery if we're <laughs> if we're going there. Um, so it's the same lawyer. So anyway, then they're like, "Well, what the will says that um, his money he gets left to three people split mm-hmm. between Jane, Chartwell, and Angela." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Well." It would make sense for Angela and Robert to team up together then because then they would get that split of the money. Mm-hmm. So then I start like, anytime I have a chance to um, question Robert, I go and question him. And this is the best part. I get to a point where I have everyone in the room mm-hmm. and Robert says, I know who killed him. Um, I heard Robert's last words. Jane poured my last drink. So he is throwing the blame onto Jane. Yes. And then you're like, Mm-mm-mm-mm. you pull out your tape recorder, you shove it in front of his face, and you said, I had a tape recorder planted in the music room all evening. The piano never stopped. Since Jane was the only one playing, I know you lied about his last words. And he's like, but I couldn't have poured his drink. I was in the game room. And then you find out that Angela poured the drink. Mm-hmm. And she gets mad and like, is like, no, you gave me that arsenic. He tries to run away. Proofrack shoves him up against a bookcase. And then this is my favorite part. This is my favorite ending. Proofrock is like, how did you think of putting a tape recorder in the music room, he says. To tell the truth, I didn't, you reply, taking the cassette back from him. This is just an old Beatles recording. (laughs) So you didn't. You bluffed. Right. It was (laughs) the Beatles tape. I like to think that his tape recorder was like the tape recorder from Home Alone 2. Right. (laughs) I'm the king of the cool chair. 
Credit card? <laughs> you got it. <laughs> oh. Um, so the other big clue is that, um, so yeah, Jane and Angela are supposedly in the parlor playing piano. One of them leaves and they're both saying that, uh, you, you know, uh, the other person left. Okay. And so they're playing, the music that was playing was Beethoven's Midnight Sonata. Which is too hard for Angela to play. So that's right. why you know that she's lying. Because she's just a student. She's mm-hmm. terrible. Which is, I mean, it's, I'm, I'm not sure. Have you ever played piano? No. It's not the hardest thing to play. Well, I don't know. I think all piano is hard to well, play. Well, fair enough. Um, it's just pressing keys. Well. <laughs> it's just pressing buttons, Abby. Why can't you do it? Um, but anyway, I solved the mystery through the weirdest route possible. Okay. So like I said, I went after the fact. And, um, uh, you know, I, I interview a couple people. I walk around a little bit. And then I get a weird note. Um, See, so yeah, I get a weird note and it says, I have some information. Uh, I, have some inf- I have some evidence for you. Meet me at the White Horse Inn at 5 o'clock. I'll be sitting under the clock. Henry Falcon. Um, so, yeah, you can go to um through through a couple different routes you find out who henry falcon is there, there's a couple different ways you can do it because mm-hmm. um he also uses a different alias yeah um, it's called like hawk and then like if you find think that's suspicious you can go to like the police records oh you can also and, find out that if you go there by yourself mm-hmm. to the inn um they tell you oh yeah there's some guy named hawk sits at this table mm-hmm. So you, you take the tiny elevator up to the sixth floor and pause a moment into the shabby, dimly lit hallway between the two doors. Um, so you knock on Keen's door. So Keen is both Hawk and he's also Mr. Falcon. And so there are different ways you can you, you find that out. And so he says, who are you? And here's your two choices. If you say, I'm investigating the murder of Harlow Thromby, uh, I would like to ask you a few questions. You turn to page 80. If you turn to page 80, um, you find out that he was originally asked to assassinate Harlow Thromby um, and then he murders you on the spot. Oh. But then if you turn to page 81, uh, so yeah, then he, he invites you in and that's when you find out, at least that's how I found out, that he was also like a jukebox kingpin. So like that he like, he moonlights as an assassin, but... <laughs> he sells jukeboxes on the side or is the assassin on the side as main gig is to, to sell jukeboxes. Imagine being an assassin and someone's like, so what's your cover? And you're like, I sell jukeboxes. <laughs> I'm a jukebox man. <laughs> That's where the real money is. <laughs> Never been caught. <laughs> Not suspicious at all. Mm-hmm. But he always leaves like a calling card where... Uh, he always plays What's Up Pussycat. <laughs> <laughs> Blighted by the light by Man for Man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, so that's how I actually found out that um, Dr. Robert Liscombe is, was the murderer. So I didn't find out any of the clues about the piano oh or that he stole the arsenic or anything like that. I found out because I was talking to Keen and then I was shadowing him. And then Dr. Dr. Robert, he comes in w- with his fancy car and he, he comes to like the apartment and he tries to pay off Keen. 
for an assassination he didn't do. <laughs> and so that's how I find out who murdered him. Oh my gosh. And just so everyone knows, the guy with the gigantic nose who I described earlier with the seafoam green face mm-hmm. is Keen slash Falcon slash Hawk. We'll see. In the, in the one way that I found out about Keen, it was like he... Um, he originally had been asked by Rob, Dr. Robert Lipscomb to mm-hmm. murder um, Harlow Robby, but then uh, Angela and Lipscomb did it themselves. And so then Keen actually <laughs> is mad and wants you to help him kill uh, Robert and Angela. Which you kind which you offer to do, but then you go right to the police. Yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. I also forgot to say when you when you um, knock on Keen's door, there's there's two options. You can say I'm investigating the murder, mm-hmm. and then he kills you right away. The other option is um, you say I hear you're a real pro, and I have a good piece of business for you. So like you're offering to like pay for an assassination, to pay for a hit like this. I love the idea of just like this 12 year old kid knocking on some strange door, and be like, hey, I got some t- 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 needs taken care of, uh-huh. and then the guy's like, come on inside. Right. Because, yeah, it's great. I love this keen guy. Mm-hmm. He's like a mob boss who also mm-hmm. sells jukeboxes. <laughs> but I also love, like, if you're, like, this famous detective in this town, why would anyone, like, trust you or give you inf- information that's, like, secret? Yeah, no. So... <laughs> so okay. that was just more of a... Every once in a while, you just get, like, a confusing... Mm-hmm. Uh, choice or just a confusing branch that kind of negates all the other branches yeah and also i i like rereading mysteries like i like um or like i like rewatching knives out because right. when you see Trying like find the details that you yeah missed. all the details all and all the character reactions too mm-hmm. that's really fun but just in this story once you know who the murderer is it's not really fun to like go back and like try different paths because well first of all there's Hardly any other past to begin with. But second, like... Well, my iPad's about to die, so let's wrap it up. Um, <laughs> oh, no. So let's just get to, I guess, the the last part of this book was... Um, so, you know, most of it's set up, and then a lot of it's interviews. And then you get to page 101. Mm-hmm. And page 101... Yeah. ...is just a if bunch of different... solved it by... Like, by the time you get to 101. Yes. So, it's just a whole bunch of different options. So, it's like, so, it just says, what should you do next? And there's a whole bunch of options. Like, if you if you got fingerprints, go to this page. If you want to fingerprint this, go to this page. If you want to talk to this person, you go to this page. And so, this is basically like Packard's last-ditch effort. But you're like, look, if you haven't figured it out hey, by dummy, now. Have you figured it out or not? <laughs> let's wrap this up, kid. Yeah. <laughs> And then, so I think that was one of your favorite endings was... One of my favorite... Well, it was ridiculous because it's like, if you haven't figured it out by now, then, you know, you can do all these things. But the best option is, obviously, um, if you decide to give up on the case, turn to page 119. And (laughs) (laughs) if you go to page 119, it just says, it's depressing. There's nothing you hate more than not being able to solve a murder case. <laughs> the end. It's your first murder case. So how can you not hate anything more than that? <laughs> but the next one will be better. Yeah, right? It can only go up from here. <laughs> next one is going to be flawless. Uh, womp womp. <laughs> There's a, so 
that's one of the very few endings, which, oddly enough. There's also an ending where you, uh, most of the endings are you figure it out, um, you get some sort of reward. There's another ending where, um, who's, the, who's the girl detective? Jenny. Yeah, Jenny Mudge figures it out before you. Yep. There's um, a couple where she figures it out before you. There's one where it's like, oh, she figured it out by sitting behind the couple in the theater. <laughs> it wasn't even fun. <laughs> she just sat behind him and heard him whispering about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Another one of my favorite endings was uh, page 112. So, again, this is in the yeah. in the, the last-ditch effort, page 101, like... Packard's just being like, please, kid, figure this out. So if you go to page uh, uh, 112, you go and you interview Angela again. And she's like, yeah, I was playing piano. It was Midnight Sonata. And then you're like, hey, I I thought you were just a beginner piano player. You can't play Midnight Sonata. You're not good enough. (laughs) And And then smartly, you're like, oh, well, can you play it right now? And then so Angela picks up a gun and she shoots you point blank. Yeah. Which, when did she get a gun? (laughs) I don't know, but she just killed a kid in cold blood. Mm -hmm. So, yikes, Angela. That's cold. You just murdered two people. Well, hope it was worth it. (sighs) So that was Who Killed Harlow Thrombey. What do you think of this one? Um, I thought it was uh, very, very uh, fun, but it's not one where it's like uh, just wild and wacky, which are my favorite ones. I right. Found. I like the ones where it's like, oh, man, this is unhinged and there's so many options. Um, those are really fun and exciting and you can reread them a lot of times. So but this one was cool and interesting. It wasn't it was great and not great at the same time i agree like i love the setup for this one because there's so many like wacky details Mm -hmm. and it's so like oddly set up and then it kind of started to pay off i i did like the the mystery element of it but it's just it was very clear who did it yeah even for a kid's book i mean kids books are they're usually sure but even for a kid's book it was pretty clear and then once you figure it out it's kind of not fun to go back right because I thought if I reread it, there might be a different answer. Mm-hmm. But no. Kind of like Clue? Yeah. Uh, the movie Clue? Yeah, but mm-hmm. no, there was no different answer. <laughs> right. That was it. Which I guess, depending on the book, I appreciate if there's continuity. But in this one, I think it might have been fun if there was less continuity between right. choices. Totally. So that was Who Killed Harlow Thrombey. Uh, interesting, at least. At least, you know, Packard is trying. Because I think as we get on with these books, they become more and more... Kind of like there's kind of a formula to these books. Mm-hmm. At least there were no aliens in this one <laughs> that we know of. Um, but at least you know he's he's trying different things, which I always appreciate. Yeah, so that was Keen is an alien. He is green. He is green. Green Keen. Oh my god. Ah, oh, why the answers were there the whole time, Mister uh, Police. I, I gave it. you all the clues. Um, so yeah, that was who killed Harlow Thrombey. Um, our next book will be. The Lost Jewels of Nabooty. Ah, uh, y'all. <laughs> Written by Ari Montgomery. We're into 1981 now. Um, I think we might have a, a guest for that one. Oh, I think I might bring in other Abby. Sweet. Um, Abby. Abby too. Abby too. <laughs> I did know... I knew you first, so yeah. it's it's only fair that I call you... That I call her Abby too. That's true. I'm the original one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> fair enough. Um, so yeah, that'll be our next book. 
Uh, let's get to housekeeping really quick because my iPad is about to die. Um, make sure that it's you. Like, oh, hobby. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> um, so make sure you subscribe uh, so you can stay on top of latest episodes. Make sure that you uh, follow us on Instagram because mm-hmm. we just post wacky things yeah. when we have time. Yep. Uh, make sure that you give us a positive rating just because it helps us out. Make sure that you check out our Redbubble. Um, it's almost set up. Uh, we just ran into a couple different problems, but I just gotta I gotta figure it out when I have time. Um, so just check us out in Redbubble, and you can get a shirt with our really cool logo on it, plus a couple other extra surprises mm-hmm. on there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, thanks for choosing us today, everybody. <laughs> how about let's bring back an old segment? Um, choose your own ending, Abby. How would you end this book? Um, if you I had a choice, I would have had I would have had uh, uh, I would have had me do it as a twist ending. <laughs> Whip the bottle. I would have broken it on the table and shipped him. <laughs> Take that. Well, you're an aspiring detective. You might as well be an aspiring criminal too, right? You know what? That would be the best way to start being a good detective. You uh, create the problem and mm-hmm. then you solve it. Right. That's sustainability right there. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for <laughs> <laughs> thanks for joining us today, everybody. I'm Peter. I'm a librarian. I'm Abby. I'm also a librarian, not a murderer. <laughs> <laughs> That's what a murderer would say, though. <laughs> oh. Giving you evil eyes right now. I've only ever killed your iPad. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> By going on for far too long with this oh, podcast. No. Um, so, yeah, this has been Choose Your Own Book Club. We'll see you next time.